Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Awesome. Well, let's jump into what we're doing today. We have a lot to talk about. Many of you know we just returned from our trip to Honduras, and uh, we're going to share stories of that and uh, celebrate that here in just a few moments. But we are going to continue this series a little bit, and uh, we're going to continue the series called Running with the Giants. And here's the key verse for the whole thing. It's found in Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Well, who, who is that cloud of witnesses? Well, Hebrews 11 shows all these giants of the faith, right? And uh, it, it talks about them, and this is who it's referring to. It says that, hey, they've run their race of faith, and they're in heaven watching us as we run ours. And he said, so we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and they're there cheering us on in the stands as we run our race. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, all of us have a race that we're running. And what the Bible is talking about is, hey, let's run this race, but let's, let's, this series is, is us grabbing those giants of the faith from the stands and pulling them down onto the field to run a lap with us, to teach us a life principle from their lives, right? Because we can, we can go further, we can do it better when we have somebody come alongside of us to encourage us and to teach us, like, hey, this is what the terrain's going to look like ahead. This is how you navigate that and what all that means. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We're grabbing people out of the stands and saying, hey, run with us, teach us a little bit. And so uh, that's what we're going to do. Now, last week, we, uh, we had uh, Pastor Phil Ackhammer here from the City of Love, Columbus. He stood in and preached about Elisha while we were gone to Honduras. And this week, we're going to continue the second half of the series. First half, we had four guys that we looked at. And the last half, we're going to look at four women. And these four women are giants of the faith. I'm being very careful not to say giant women because that's not what they were, right? But... <laughs> But they were giants of the faith, and so the next four weeks, we're going to look at some women. And today, we're going to start off that, this part of the series with Mary. Now, many of you know Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus, and I think one of the most misunderstood women in Scripture because people have taken her story and kind of elevated her a bit, I would say. They've, they've taken her because she was blessed, and they've turned her into the object of their, our prayers and made her equal to God, and that's not who Mary was Many of you know her story, if you, even if you're not familiar with that, of, of how people have, have lifted her and exalted her up in today, uh, today's culture and religion. Uh, you at least know her story because you know she's part of the Christmas story, right? Mary was the mother of, of Jesus. And, and Mary's story starts with an angel who appears to her and says, hey, uh, you're going to get pregnant even though you're a virgin. And oh, by the way, it's going to be the son of God. So there's that. Right? I mean, can you imagine? Somebody just shows up to you and explains and says, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. Explains the physically impossible to you and says, and it's going to be God's son. So there you go. So I think Mary would have something to say to us today. And it's for when God asks you to do something outside of your comfort zone. Because having the son of God would certainly be something that was outside of Mary's comfort zone, right? It's not something she would have been familiar with, and at least, you know, in that day and age, nobody got pregnant without having been married, or at least being a virgin, you didn't get pregnant that way, and so <clears throat> this, is what, this is what God does. God comes to us, and he gives us these God moments that oftentimes take us out of our comfort zone, and he does that on purpose because when he places us into a position of discomfort, someplace we've never been before, we learn to rely on him and trust him completely, and that's, that's his desire for us. And I think Mary would tell you this regarding that God opportunity, that God moment that she had, especially since hers was so strange. If you're taking notes, this is what Mary would tell you is don't miss your moment with God. Don't miss it. As odd as it may be, as impossible as it may seem, as overwhelming as you may feel when it's presented to you, don't miss your moment with God. 
Moments with God come lots of ways. They come through, through tragedy. They come through different opportunities in your life. They come through church services and worship like we've just experienced. They, for Mary, her moment with God came through an angel. For Moses, his moment with God came through a burning bush. God doesn't do it the same way every single time for every person. People have moments with God different ways. But let me assure you of this, that God is trying to have a moment with you. He desires that for you. He desires to present that opportunity to you. And I think that every giant that we read or, or, or have read so far or studied so far would tell us this about God, that, that God isn't exactly how you think he is. He's not what the world has taught you that he is. In fact, his ways are, are counterintuitive to our ways or upside down, if you will. And because of that, I think Mary would have something to say about these God moments that we would experience in our life and how God operates. And the first thing I think she'd tell you is that God moments often seem impossible. God moments often seem impossible. So your God moment may come along in the form of a challenge where God challenges the way you're thinking or the way you're behaving or the way you're living your life. He'll challenge you that way. It may come in the form of a direction, the way that you, the direction of your life, the way that you're going in your relationships. It may say, hey, I want to change something inside of you or ask you to let something go from your life. These may all be different kinds of God moments in your lives. And because when he presents them, we don't quite understand them because they seem impossible, because they seem overwhelming, we immediately tap out. We immediately doubt it because we don't understand how it's supposed to work. Well, I don't understand. If I quit that, how am I supposed to do this? Or if I change this, what happens to that? If I let go of this relationship, how does A, B, and C? We just, we, we tap out. And what we wind up doing is we, we stiff arm God and we miss out on his best as a result for us because we can't wrap our brains around it. Mary was no different. You know, the angel shows up and says something to her. This is what he said. He said, you'll conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary's got questions. And she says, since I am a virgin. She can't wrap her head around it. God's presenting the impossible to her. Here's her moment, and she can't wrap her head around it. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. How is that going to happen? We do this, don't we? We push back on God when he asks us to take a step or presents an opportunity to us to have a moment with him. We, we just push back. Our minds kick in and leave us at this massive disadvantage because we don't understand everything. And our problem is in, in today's culture that knowledge is ever increasing. You know, they say it like doubles like every two to three years now, like what we understand and what we know about our world. And the access to that knowledge is readily available. All you have to do is go to Google. Most of you have that in your pocket. You pull it out on your phones. And so because of this, we're at a massive disadvantage. We have all the facts. We can understand much. And because we can understand much, we demand and feel like we, we deserve to know and understand all of God's plans too. It puts us at a, at a disadvantage. We miss out on God moments because we can't wrap our head around it. We depend on facts and not faith, and that keeps miracles from happening in our lives. You guys are quiet this morning. When you let your brain get involved in your God moment process, you reduce God down to the size of your brain. And I mean no offense, but when you do that, you make God really small because my brain's not that big. And I don't need to serve a God that I can understand because if I can understand him, doesn't that make me God? The whole nature of God himself is that if he's really God is that we wouldn't understand everything about him, right? That we would understand all of his ways and all of his plans, we, we wouldn't understand it. I don't want a God that, that, that uh, I don't want to be God. I was talking to my daughter the other day, and I said, you know, would you be a good God? And she said, no, I don't think I would be a good God. I said, me either. I said, why don't you think you'd be a good God? She said, because I'm selfish. I said, me too, me too. Like, I don't, I don't want to be God. And I, I, and I know by his very nature, I couldn't understand God. This is proper posturing, pop, proper positioning and framework for our lives, that, that God's God and we're not. That, that's okay. We need to embrace it. You find when you go to these third world countries like we just did, the miracles happen in their lives often. 
God is doing things left and right for them. Do you know why? Because they don't have all the facts. They don't have all the resources. They don't have all the stuff that you and I have. It doesn't get in the way. All they have is complete and total reliance upon God, and God steps onto that scene and answers every time. It's amazing to watch it play out. But last week, we got to figure everything out. And it keeps us from God's best. Miracles happen when our willingness to trust God intersects with God's plan. Our job is just to keep our heads, or keep out of our heads, excuse me, and trust that God has a plan. Amen. Right? Amen. Jesus would often encourage the crowd this way because he could see it. He's a good shepherd, right? He could see it on their faces as he's talking to them. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. In other words, he's identifying the look on their faces and says, now tell me more about how you're going to do that, Jesus, Right? Like, they're, 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 he's recognizing that there's some doubt in the audience. He says, look, with, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible. If you want a God moment in your life, if you want to see the impossible happen, get out of your head, trust him, and let him be God. The second thing Mary would tell us about God moments are that when God moments come, just say yes. Just say yes to him. When God says, hey, I want to do this in your life, just say yes. It doesn't matter if you've got it all figured out. It doesn't matter if you've got the details or you know his plan. If it's not understandable to you, just say yes. Just say yes. You know, Mary didn't know how it was all going to happen, but you'll see that she changed her tune. Yes, she had questions, but on the other side of those questions, what, what outweighed those questions was her hope, was her trust in God. Because look what she says. Even though she said, how is all this supposed to happen? I'm supposed to be a virgin, right? Like, I can't have a baby. The angel starts talking to her about what's gonna happen. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel leaves her. So how do we be like Mary in the face of the impossible? Our hope must weigh more than our questions. Our hope must weigh more than our questions. You have to know that Mary had to have questions just even beyond the how is this supposed to happen? I'm a virgin kind of thing, you know? You know that she had to face questions from her family members. Like, Mary, what have you been doing? We thought you were a good girl. Apparently not. Right? She's pregnant. Imagine the questions she had to answer to, to her parents and to her family, let alone Joseph, her, her fiancé, because he knew that, they, that you know, they, they had kept the marriage bed pure, that they weren't doing anything yet. So, so how are you? Imagine. And what about the religious leaders of the day? If she had been caught and found pregnant, they would have stoned her and killed her. All these questions, all these fears and concerns over a moment that God initiated. Trust is hard. But the Bible encourages us to get out of our heads and to quit trying to figure out everything. We keep hope alive during times where we face the impossible because we trust that God has a plan. Even when we don't understand it, Romans 8, 28 we trust that everything is going to work out for those who love him. He's going to use it all for our benefit. Jesus, there's a story of Jesus. He's walking with a, a, a religious leader. His name was Jairus. And Jairus came to him and said, hey, my daughter's sick. Will you come in and heal her? And Jesus said, yep, I'm on my way. Let's go. And on their way to pray for the little girl, <clears throat> Jesus encountered a woman who had an issue of blood for more than a decade. And Jesus pauses to heal her and to encounter her. And during that encounter, one of Jairus' servants comes along and says, hey, there's no need to even trouble the master. She's already dead. And Jesus, looking at the facts, now, see, it was possible before for her to be healed, but now the servants have come and said, hey, don't even bother him. It's, she's dead. It's done. It's impossible. And in the face of that, Jesus says, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. In other words, get out of your head. We're faced with the impossible, but get out of your head. Get out, out of what you understand, what you can wrap your arms around, and just believe. Just, just believe. So don't listen to the people around you. Don't look at the facts. When God calls you to a moment with him, though it looks impossible, just say yes. Believe. The third thing Mary would tell us is that your God moment will open the door for God's best in your life. This is honestly what keeps us going. 
is trusting that on the other side of whatever it is that we're facing, that God has blessing for us, that there is a plan. That's what keeps us going because it's certainly not the difficult things that we face as we say yes to him because when we take a step yes towards what he's asked us for, you can know that there will be other steps that are yes that will be just as difficult and sometimes just as painful and sometimes just as far from your comprehension as you, as you can imagine. This journey of faith requires that we trust when we don't understand. But what keeps us going is knowing that there's blessing on the other side of the struggle. Mary, when she's, after she says yes to the angel and says, hey, be it unto me, I'm here, I'm just your servant, let's do it. Mary goes to Elizabeth, who is her cousin. Elizabeth is to be the mother of John the Baptist, by the way. And she shows up, and here's what Elizabeth does. She says, in a loud voice she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear, and blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary hadn't even told her what's going on, but she knows, she can see it all over. Blessed are you, she knew. Blessed. We all need encouragers like Elizabeth in our lives, right? People that'll celebrate steps of obedience as we follow Jesus. Hey, I know what you're doing's not easy, but blessed are you. Somebody that'll give you a hearty, well done, you know? Look you in the eyes and say, man, I know that's tough. I'll be praying for you clapping for you, cheering for you as you take steps of obedience. We need people like Elizabeth in our lives. And everybody may think unfavorably of your situation or you, but you're blessed. Why? Because God has blessing waiting for us on the other side of our obedience. God has blessing waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. Mary understood this. Mary got it. This is the mother of Jesus, right? She, she grew up with him, or Jesus grew up with her. She, she understood this. In fact, we see Mary got the whole fact that obedience is what brought the blessing because one of Jesus, the very first miracle in the Bible recorded that Jesus ever did was at a wedding in Cana. And Jesus is there with his mom, and they've run out of wine, which is a major faux pas. You don't do that at the wedding, right? And they said, hey, we need some wine. And Mary overhears it, and she, she brings the servants to Jesus and just said, hey, do whatever this guy says. Why? Because she understood that blessings on the other side of obedience. Doesn't matter if he tells you to do something stupid. Go do it. Just, just do it. And Jesus did. He said, "Here, take these basins. Go draw some water out of it and put water in it." Like, I mean, when you need wine, water's not what you're looking for, right? Is this thing on today? Are you guys here? Okay. I know Sylvia's here. I can hear her, but I'm just checking. Y'all seem to be all quiet this morning. And so they go and draw water. And these buckets, and, G- and Jesus turns it into wine. Could you imagine growing up with Jesus? Like, I mean, the Bible's silent from the age of 12 to the age of 30, where we see Jesus starting his ministry. But could you imagine, you know, Mary talking to Jesus, hey, Jesus, we're out of flour. I need you to go to the store and pick it up. And Jesus going, yes, ma'am, but can I go later? And she says, no, I need you to go now. And Jesus goes, hey, mom, check the cabinet again. I think there might be some flour in there now, you know? It's like... I mean, he's God, you know, he could do it. I don't know if that, that's not in the Bible, so don't, don't quote me on that. I'm just saying, like, you know, come on, somebody. So she understood that, that obedience brings blessing. Just do whatever he tells you to do. Obedience to God brings blessing in our lives. God moments often seem impossible. And without God, they most certainly are. And when God moments come, I want to encourage you today to just Say yes to them. Respond with a hearty yes. I'll do it. I don't understand it, but I trust you. I'll go. And your God moment open, will open the door for God's best in your life. Now, today, what I want you to do with the rest of what we're going to do with the rest of our time is I want you to meet a few people who face the impossible, who said yes when God said, we're going to go. And I want you, and they, they spent a week experiencing God's blessing in their lives. So we're going to play a video, and then I want you to meet our team from Honduras.
Say hello to your Honduras team this morning. We also want to uh, just take a moment to look right here at this camera and uh, team because I know first service, there was a ton of people from Honduras watching us this morning. So look right here, everybody, and say hola. Hola. And also, uh, we didn't have him first service, but today, or during second service here today, we also have Curtis Wilson from One Child Matters here. Everybody say hello. Curtis, just kind of wave at the people and say hi. He's uh, the one responsible for starting this whole, whole thing. I uh, met Curtis last year, and uh, it's, it's been an incredible journey doing this. Thank you for this opportunity and allowing us to do this today. Okay, Tim, take it away. Well, good morning, Simple Church. Uh, so we've got nine of the 13 people that went on this mission trip to Honduras. We've got our nine from from Simple Church, and then we had four people from Legacy that are not here today. They're celebrating at their their home church, but but I, I want to have I just I want to do something here first to to have a better idea of what actually happened. So if if you sitting out here sponsored a kid, if you if you sponsor a kid, if you invested financially in this mission trip, if you wrote a letter, if you prayed for the team, if you showed up when. When, when they got back uh, from Honduras at the airport, if you participated in any kind of way in the support and encouragement of this team, please stand up. Cool. Beautiful, thank you very much. What I, what I, what I want you to know, and, and is in particular for the people that stood up, is that, is that the stories that you're hearing here, the video that you saw there, you're a part of it, that you're a part of this team. The team is not just the 13 people that got on the plane and went down. Those 13 people could not have gotten on that plane and gone down and had the successes that they did without your love, your encouragement, your prayers, your letters, your, your financial support, your, your support of, of this team. So as we hear these stories, know that, that these stories are yours too. Um, and, and next year they, they might be more intimate. So, well, good morning team. Hi. Who can can somebody just give a, a quick overview of of what the mission trip was, what One Child Matter was? Sure, I'll, I'll do that. Um, so we partnered with an organization called One Child Matters, OCM, we call it for short, um, and they offer they have they're in lots of different countries, but in Honduras they have 29 projects. They're called they're they're based in small churches. And they offer children associated with these projects for sponsorship. And many of you are sponsor parents, and, and we are sponsor parents. Um, but, but OCM offers something so much more than that. Um, we, we get to contribute financially to these children's well-being, but we also get to go visit and meet our children. So OCM is meeting um, spiritual needs for these kiddos. There's uh, warrior staff on the ground that are picking these kids out of high-risk situations. So in Honduras, Honduras is gorgeous, but it is dangerous. And um, kiddos as young as nine years old are being groomed for gangs, gangs like legit gangs, like the police are scared of these gangs. Um, and, and in prostitution, they're being wooed into prostitution so young. And so um, these centers are beacons of hope out there for these kiddos. And, and kiddos are selected and they get to come to the center where the staff invests in their spiritual health. So they hear about Jesus. They learn about the, the only real hope any of us have, right? And are, and are grown spiritually. They, they, their physical needs are met. Clothes and a warm meal and, and doctors and and dental care, you know, and also um, these staff come alongside of these kiddos with tutors to really embellish their education. They go to school, but then they're, they're taught more at the center because of course education brings a great deal of hope. So, but, but the work on the ground that we got to do is we got to meet these awesome staff that were just so inspiring and have a time of encouragement for them, pray for them, and we'll, you'll hear more about that. We also got to do some physical work, restoring the building there um, as far as painting some of the classrooms and really leaving a, a mark where, where bright, nice bright paint that, that they like there. <laughs> um, and then we had a VBS. Many of the people you see here and that you don't see here just, just really came on point with um, a VBS plan to teach these different ages of kiddos. And then we just had an awesome play day where we had a field nearby the facility and um, just played soccer, which everything is all about soccer there. If it's round, it gets kicked around like a soccer ball. And, 
and they're and played with bubbles and, and just really interacted and loved on the kids and, and they loved on us right back, let me tell you. Um, really, when we got on the ground there, they talked about the importance of sponsoring kiddos and the, the needs financially, but that really the letters that we write our kids and interacting with our kids, how much more that really brings the kids than, than any money can bring. Just knowing somebody, they, they're cared about, they're valued, they're worth it, you know? Um, and I think, I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Now, now, most of these people have been on mission trips before, but raise your hand if you've never been on a mission trip before. Daniel and Kalina, this is their first time. Can you share a story of an expectation that you went down there with uh, that was destroyed when you got there? Yeah, I thought I was going to teach them something. Um, <laughs> and it took me about 15 minutes to learn that I was there to serve them uh, and, and not, not so much teach them. I, I was telling someone I felt like I was a peasant among kings, um, which isn't really a joke. <laughs> You're allowed to laugh, but it's not really a joke um, because they're... Um, like like Amy said, I mean the people that work at this at the project are warriors. They their faith is incredible, and uh, so I was like, I'm here. To, I'm here to because they're doing good work, and I need to support them and make them feel feel better. And uh, I mean that was a much easier job than trying to teach them something, because um, all I had to do was just kind of have a smile on my face, have fun, give people hugs, and that was I mean that was all they needed to just kind of get some wind in their sails. Very cool. So, so we saw the, the, the vibrant colors that were painted on the walls. Raise your hand if you know what huffing is like now. <laughs> any, any painting stories there? We had to have scheduled breaks. You know, we had a, so there wasn't enough material for all of us to work. Um, they didn't have enough painting supplies. Enough paint, but not enough supplies. And, and short of grabbing my daughter's head and dipping it in the paint, and, and then, you know, Doing, doing that. Um, Which it looks like yeah. Uh, we, we ha so we didn't have enough supplies. So the, the pastor went and bought some additional supplies. But in, in the interim, we, we took breaks because they, they took the paint and thinned it with thinner. And I mean, it was low ventilation. There was two windows. No, there's two windows up there. But, but it was just, it was just really, really, it was intense. And it was just the way we liked it. So... I also am very grateful for latex paint here uh -huh. because I think I'm pretty sure we all still have a little somewhere some flex on us. Yeah. Are you like keeping a little stack? Like I'm keeping some paint like here tattoo. just to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not washing that spot. Mm -hmm. It right, doesn't so matter if you do wash it. It doesn't come off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just need to wash your hands with more thinner. So raise your hand if you flush toilet paper. Everybody but Chanda. So. So if, if you, what's that? It was just an, oh, it's totally just an accident. So, so if, you, if you've never been to Central America, and, and I think, well, any of the Central American countries I've been to, uh, their, their plumbing is made out of like concrete. And so if you flush toilet paper, it sticks and gets clogged immediately, right? It's, it's, it's not even like, it was just two sheets, but it backs up. So they, they encourage you not to flush toilet paper. So when you got home, who didn't flush toilet paper? It, it was just like convenient to stick it in the garbage can next to you. Oh. And then Aaron said he was just flushing toilet paper left and right. Yeah, I just awesome. took a whole roll and started it and flushed it and just said bye. <laughs> when we got home. No, I didn't. So who here brushed their teeth with local water? Yeah. Another, another one of those Central American things, if you go on a mission trip, they encourage you strongly not to get any of the local water in your mouth, your nose, your eyes, that, that, that uh, we're not accustomed to the critters that, that you pick up. So who picked up critters? Anyone? Yeah, not, not too bad. There, there have been a number of years where we asked that question. Everybody raised their hand. <laughs> they, they all had it. Anybody still stick now? little bit. That's, that's a successful year, man. Nobody's, nobody's being hospitalized. Everybody's doing pretty good. Um, so would somebody be willing to share, uh, like, when you hear them talking about their sponsors, that some of you are sponsors of these kids, <laughs> what is, how is that impression wrong there? What is different about that there? 
The biggest impression or biggest wrong impression that I got specifically is that, you know, we're, we're sending money down to these kids and that's where it ends. Um, you know, I, we got a letter from, from our child that we sponsored and it was, it was touching and, but anyone who knows me knows I'm not a big kid person. So that, that's, it was great, but that's kind of where I thought it ended. But when we got down there, we learned very, very quickly that that's not where it ends. We're not just selling or sending money down to these kids and, and then it does whatever. Um, you know, when we got down there, we learned, and she told us that these kids don't call us their sponsors. They don't call us, you know, Americans, whatever it is. They, they call us godmothers and godfathers to them. It's madrino and padrina. Yeah, what she said. Um, and uh, and they, they treat us like family, and it's, it's incredibly inspiring to get down there and realize that while I didn't take the chance to send a letter back to my, uh, to my kid yet, um, we got down there and we're going through introducing ourselves and I hadn't had a chance to officially meet my child and he was sitting down in front of, in front of the kids and we're going through introducing it and I was at the very end and at the end of it I said, hey, my name's Derek and he immediately lit up and knew who I was just with my name. And, and again, that I hadn't had the time to, to send him a letter and I'd already felt guilty about that but then when I saw that he knew who I was immediately was just an amazing feeling. <laughs> right. Um, that's one of the biggest things that um, I enjoyed was how excited they were to see us. And it literally, like, they felt like a local celebrity if they were a sponsored and um, a sponsored kid. And I had other little kids coming up to me the second day we were with the kids, and they were like, you're Suwani's godmother, aren't you? And so, like, they were telling, like, this one, she's mine, and she, you know. Um, but the, the money goes so much farther than you can even imagine. And uh, Ava, our uh, facilitator there, she was our translator. Um, she was like, you know, I don't even know how the money goes this far as it does because they get school supplies at the beginning of the school year. They get doctor's visits and on and on and on. And not only that, but um, the more children that we sponsor, the more children that get to come to that center. And it is so scary outside of that center. You have no idea. And one of the most touching things that I heard the whole week was with Dia and her class. And they, they were like, name a time that you're scared. Or when are you most afraid? And they're like, when we go outside. And what age did you have? I have teenagers. Um, 12 to 17? 12 to 17, yeah. So even though the younger children do get groomed, to join gangs and they're they're exposed to a lot of the dangers as well. These teenagers, it's like everyday conversation with them. And there were a few in my group that were kind of walking the line and they their tutor told us that they were sympathizing with the gangs. A, a couple of them were sympathizing a little more, kind of walking that line. And it just, I mean, just eye-opening conversations with some of these teens. Just, oh yeah, um, we were talking about in Second Timothy where he you know, it says that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, sorry, gives us a spirit of um, courage and, and love and uh, self-control, self-discipline, all those things. And I was like, so, you know, lighthearted, just give me some examples of when you're scared. And they're like, oh, yeah, when we leave the house. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, very, not as, uh, I did not think it was going to get that serious that fast, but luckily I was able to talk to them and work with them, and I'm praying every day that I was able to connect with some of them so that they'll keep coming back to the program. Because the biggest issue would be that they stop coming to the program and start dealing in those dangerous situations. So, yeah. so it's not too late to sponsor a kid. So if you don't have one, simplechurchohio.onechildmatters.org. We're not being paid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, What's been cool is seeing some of our, our teens go down to on, on these mission trips to, to El Salvador and now to Honduras. Uh, do you ladies have any stories to share about the relationships that 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 happened down there yourselves? Um, so I really connected with these two little kids. One was Josue and he was younger and then another one of them was my age. His name was Jose, Jose. yeah, it was Jose. And, um, Basically, even though there was a huge language barrier, barrier because I'm not barely good at English, so speaking <laughs> Spanish is like no comprende. Um, 
we were able to still just like, like I hang out, I was able to hang out with them just the same way that I hang out with Rowan here. And um, like we just, ba we just like hung out and we danced and we played soccer and he tried to teach me Spanish. And um, I tried, <laughs> it did it, it did it. Um, and just like learning more of their culture and how like people the same age as me in another country can be, you know, kind of different, but how like how we relate and it was just. One of my favorite parts was all of the hugs. I, you could just hold open your arms and five kids will come running for hugs. <laughs> so when um, we were doing our VBS, at the very beginning, there was just a certain time, I couldn't understand what Leslie said, but she just said like, three, two, one, then all the kids went running over to give everybody hugs. So Sam was sitting right next to me, and like eight girls just came and running, all gave her like one group hug, and they all just kept on going down the line. They would all look at you and just be like, oh, I haven't hugged you yet, come here. Hugs. Great. Hugs are good here too. You know, if, if you're looking for hugs, those kids back there, I'm sure will will give you hugs. And Sylvia. So, so if you want, Sylvia's giving free hugs after service here. Okay, so so in this video we saw, you know, my my limited experience in Central American companies is their worship is uh, vibrant and 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 a, and a bit crazy and different. Um, would you be willing to share the, share the stories of, of worship and how you impacted the worship team at sure. the center? Uh, so on our first day there, um, we got an orientation with the staff and got to meet them. Um, and during that orientation, we found out that, that the center had been open for eight years, um, but not a single team had ever been to that center in the eight years. We were the first ones to ever walk in. And, uh, and so, you know, going before we went, we didn't know that. And so we were looking at our time, you know, we thought we were going to be a team to go and change the roof. And, and you know, when, when that, we, we began to realize that that was not going to be our team or the work that we were going to do there, we decided, like, what could we do, you know? And so we, we hatched a plan to do a day of encouragement to them. We, we just wanted to encourage the missionaries and because who does that, you know? I know as, as somebody in ministry, one of the greatest things to encourage me is hearing your stories of how you're being obedient and how God is working in your life and how God's working in other people's lives through you. Like, that's a great encouragement to me, but I, I don't, I don't, that's not an everyday occurrence. It happens few and far between. I need those encouragements. And so we decided that's what we would do for them is go and be an encouragement to them. And so that, so we planned a small, uh, a small session at the beginning, so we had some worship. Uh, Rowan juggled. I did some magic, and we were just silly. And 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 then we uh, uh, we we had a time of of prayer set aside that was going to be after the worship. And so we we decided to sing together. And we we picked three songs that we figured they would know. And uh, in the end, it turned out they didn't know the first two, but they worshipped with us. And then we got to the third song, and it was "How He Loves." And uh, we took communion together, which Daniel led brilliantly, and then we, we sang this How He Loves song, and we, we said, you know, the, I think the translator at some point in time must have said, you guys know this song, go ahead and sing with us, and we started singing this song in English, and they started singing it in Spanish, and, and the whole room just like erupted in this beautiful worship session that I can only imagine this is what heaven is going to be like someday. You know, that we're all there declaring God's glory together in our own languages. And, and I, I, it was just so beautiful. And it, we were supposed to have just sang it once. It was supposed to be a five-minute song. And it wound up being like a 15, 20-minute song that bled into us praying for each other. And big gather, everybody gathered in a circle. And we're praying for each other and praying for the pastor. And people are crying and hugging each other. And, and, and it was great. And then we still had more of the program to do. So I was like, all right, you guys sit down and, you know, let's go ahead and get on with this program. No, I, but it wasn't like that at all, but it was, it was just beautiful. And so uh, we, we experienced this beautiful worship service with them and, and, and encouraged them and had people from the, the, some of the kids come and share how their life has been impacted because of the existence of the center and the work of the people. And that was the, our time of encouragement. The, the ladies painted fingernails and I took the guys and taught them how to do a few tricks for the kids. And it, it was a great time, but but that was our first day, and the second day they're doing the, the vacation Bible school, and uh, this is where we had the opportunity to impact their worship. 
Uh, I wasn't teaching a class, so I had the opportunity to go around and just kind of visit with everybody as they were doing it, but I also took opportunity to sit and visit with the pastor, and um, I, I asked him, tell me your story, share your heart with me, what's going on here, and, and so he did, and, and during this time, I asked him, I said, what's your greatest need here, and uh, because he didn't know, but we, we went, and uh, because of your generosity, we had some extra cash. And so not only were we able to do the work that we needed to do there, but we had some extra cash to be a blessing to them. And so we're, we, he didn't know that, and I didn't tell him. And he said, well, you know, the painting and the building restoration, which is being done. He said, then we need a new roof, which is being done in another month by another group. And then he said, uh, he, he said, you know, our kitchen's really small. We could need that. And then he said, our worship team. He said, you know, as we grow, he said, as this church grows, he said, we're reaching the youth. And one of the greatest ways to reach these kids is, is to teach them talents and give them something to do. And so our worship team, we would really love to expand that. But we don't have the equipment. The drums that we're playing is broken. They had a keyboard that was, they said, 20 years old. Uh, a bass guitar, which was brand new. One of the kids had worked and worked and worked and worked and blessed the church with a bass and a beautiful amp, and then a broken set of drums that they had to tape each time that they used them to bang on the, bang on the drum heads. And so uh, I did something. Uh, <laughs> during, on, on Thursday, the day that the, we all went to play with the kids, I instead uh, asked the bassist, I said, hey, is there a music store nearby? And he said, yep. I said, would you go with me? And I made up something. I totally lied to him. I, I said, Will you, we love the Honduran music. Would you come and recommend some kind of equipment for us? I just want to see what you guys have. And he's just kind of scratching his head and says, sure, I'll, I'll take you. And so we drive over to the music store. And, and, and the reason I lied to him is because I didn't want him to know we were buying this stuff for them. And so we showed up and we decided to buy them a set of drums. And we decided if we had the extra money, we would buy him a guitar and so we went to this music store, and, and the boy that I asked was the bassist, but he said, can I bring a friend? He's the drummer. I said, sure, bring him along. And, uh, and we get there, and so I've identified two different drum kits, and I'm like, which one would you get if you were me? And I'm asking the drummer and the bassist, and, and, and he said, oh, this one right here, this one. You know, he's speaking in Spanish, and it's being translated for me. He says, this one right here. I said, okay. I said, what colors should we get? And the bassist spoke up and said, verde, which means green. And so I turned to the, to the sales clerk and said, verde, we'll take verde, and he says, no, we don't have it in stock. And I said, well, what colors do you have? And he names the colors. And I said, okay, just get black. I didn't even bother asking him. I said, just get black. Well, there was a conversation happening behind me that I didn't know anything about. <laughs> it's really hard. See, when you go and you're just saying yes to Jesus and you take these God moments... Things just start happening, okay? Because, see, we thought this was by chance that God put something on our heart while we were there, didn't even know, to do something nice for them. We go, and we decide to buy a drum kit for these guys. Well, I said black, and what happened behind me was a conversation of good because it was supposed to be black. And I didn't, I didn't find this out until many, many hours later that day. See, the drummer, God told him four months prior to the arrival of our team in a dream that he was going to bless him with a drum kit, and it was supposed to be black, not verde. So after I ordered it in black and we're making the arrangements for it, I turned to him and I said, by the way, we're buying these drums for your church. And he, you'll see it in the video, he drops his shoulders and he just began to bawl. And I just, I just wrapped him up in all that is me and just held him. And he just cried onto my chest because you, God had prepared him four months before. It was just amazing. I can't, I'm going to stop preaching now. I'm just telling you. It was just amazing. And then, we, and then we took it to the church, and I lied to the pastor. I was just a liar this, this trip, I guess. And I told him, I said, we need you down in the He was down in the office, and I came in. I said, listen, we've done something horrible upstairs. We made a mess of things. I apologize. Can you please come check it out? And he's like, what in the world did you do? And so he goes up, and Leslie, his, his, the, the local facilitator uh, there at the, at the project, they both went up like, dear Lord, what is upstairs? And they came upstairs, and they walked in to find the... We also bought him a guitar and a new amp and drums, and we set him up on this stage. And that's what you saw in the video was them walking in and their whole team just bawling because they're, they're just realizing that God is doing this work. Uh, it's just, it just incredible. And they, it was more than just new instruments. They said, because um, I was like, man, everybody was just sobbing. The kids, were, the little kids were just sobbing. Everybody was sobbing. And I was like, you know, it's, it's some new instruments. And they were like, it's so much more because their music is all that the community can hear when they play. Yeah. So it's reaching more people. I'm guessing the walls are just getting blown off that building yeah, today. Yeah, today, yep. <laughs> and 
Some worship. of you are like, dang it, simple church. <laughs> okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask a couple more questions, um, but I want to encourage you to ask more questions. That, that the stories that you're hearing here, you know, we got, we got 25 minutes, a 25-minute opportunity to ask and answer questions up here, but, but I want to encourage you over, over the, this afternoon, after we release from here, in the coming weeks, that you ask questions. Ask questions and hear the stories and, and, uh, and don't let them go by the wayside because they're important. They're important for them. They're important for you. They're, you know, it's through those stories that God might be calling you to participate in a mission trip. Is everybody going back next year? Everybody's going back next year. This, this team can be more than the nine people from Simple Church that we sent. And, and if... If, if you're hearing the, 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 like maybe even a little whisper, a, a, a question of, well, maybe I'm supposed to go next year. Go. Just, just do it. You, gotta, you should go. Um, I've never heard anybody come back from a mission trip, at least any that Simple Church have put on, and they say, I really wish I hadn't gone. Some people might not go back. They, they'll be like, yep, I'm glad I did that. I don't need to go back there. But, but nobody's ever come back and, and said, man, I really wish I hadn't gone. For a moment, so, I didn't think Dia was going to come home with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might end up staying there, by choice or not. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> okay, so, so before I ask the last question, is there, is there anybody that has a story to share that they, that they want to share? Was there, was there an old crap moment where you realized, oh, I can't believe I'm about to do this? Anything like that? I had my God moment in Honduras, so what a wonderful message. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, because 10 minutes before our encouragement um, time with the staff, Amy said, oh, Dia, can you help us translate? And I do speak Spanish, but I've always been very uh, insecure about my <clears throat> level of, like, or my ability, you know? I guess I'm always afraid that I'm going to mess up the message or... I'm not going to say something right, and whatever they were trying to tell me to pass along, I'm just going to totally mess up. And I had to do it. I mean, there was <laughs> no other way to get around it. And when, you know, you're put in those uncomfortable situations, like Aaron said on the bus on the way there, just embrace it. And I did. And then for the rest of the week, I was just, like, translating for everybody anytime I got the chance. Um, I was able to translate for Kalina and Daniel when they were meeting one of their children. I was able to translate for Shanda and Aaron. Their, their, one of their children wrote them a letter in Spanish and I was able to translate it to English. I was able to translate for Rowan and Kasaya when they were playing games with the kids and it just, it turned out to be so worth it. And I'm so glad that I let God speak to me and, and took that moment the way we're, suppo we're all supposed to, so. Thank you, Dia. I'm going to leave the, the last statement here before we have one more thing before you uh, for, for my woman. Is there, is there a, a takeaway, uh, a final thought that you'd like to share? Sure. I think I saw God moments for each one of you when we were there. Um, one of my God moments was just leading a trip like this for the, the first time. I've never led a trip like this. And, and it was scary. And, and everyone's here. And they have good stories. And they made it home safely. So yay! <laughs> but I, I just want to say that each person here, each person of the 13, clearly was specifically designed um, for the work they were doing in Honduras. God knew before they were born um, that they were going to plan a VBS for three to five-year-olds, that they were going to smile and hug um, Daniela lots and lots of times. You know, you guys just beamed the shiny to those people, and they beamed it right back, didn't they? Um, and so y you guys were just special made for this purpose. And, of course, not only what we... We weren't special made for one week of purpose. You know, we have purpose today, every minute, but um, I just wanted to let you know how beautiful I saw um, what you guys were doing and the mark you really left on that place. The last day I was thinking, we are leaving a mark here. We've left marks, you know, in the paint, and then the paint left marks on us. Yes, <laughs> we left marks in, on hearts, you know. We're leaving the mark of Christ, you know, and our love, our shiny on these people and on this place. And, um, and they did the same in return. And it was really cool. And the pastor was thanking us and saying goodbye. How he said, 
you guys have left a mark on us. And it just was, uh, it was that kind of trip where you just could reach out and touch God and, and you just, you felt him in everything. Thank you very much. Thank you, team. As, as, a, as an extra thank you, Katie's got uh, our, our kids that have letters of thanks for the missionaries. Aww. Aww. And now they're all scared. Initially, they're probably like, yeah, let's rush the stage. And now it's, oh, wait a minute. Come on, Grace. Come on, girls and boys. Now, again, I want to encourage you to, to ask questions. Ask questions and, and hear more of the stories. Uh, and, and, and be praying for these kids right here. Rowan was... Uh, 11 when she went on her first mission trip. These kids aren't that far off. Be, be praying for them as, as they look at possibly taking them too. Thank you so much, sweet kiddos. This is so awesome. You're making me cry with happy tears. Cool. Thank you very much, kiddos. Thank you, guys. Come on, give them a little bit of love as they exit the stage today. Tell them how proud you are and glad that they're home. <clears throat> okay, so this is my encouragement to you as we close today's service. Don't miss out on your God moment. These guys didn't. These guys said yes, and, and the saying yes meant, hey, there's, there's a $1,600 you know, like fee that I have to pay in order to be able to go. To follow Jesus, it's going to cost me something. And you all know that that when, when you say yes to following God, it will cost you something. It, it took them have, taking steps of faith to say yes and then to do the work to raise the money, to do the work to prepare. It, it took a bunch of yeses, and that's what following Jesus is all about. It's just a bunch of yeses in your life. When the impossible comes along, just say yes. When your God moment is there, say yes. Don't, don't miss out on your opportunity. There may be very simple things that you can say yes to on a regular basis here at Simple Church. I'll tell you what a few of those are. Say yes to Growth Track. We invite you every week. There's four easy steps to help you understand your spiritual journey. Whoa, there I'm back. Four easy steps to helping you understand your spiritual journey. Go to Growth Track it's during second service every Sunday. Go. Step one begins the first Sunday in August. Today was step four. No, step three, right? Step three or four? Oh, today was step four. All right. So next Sunday we have no growth track, but, but, but just go. Get involved in a... What? What, what happened? Oh, yeah, just go. It's not next Sunday. Just go when it starts again in August. It's the first Sunday, all right? Look, I've been in Honduras for a week. Y'all cut me some slack here, all right? Join a grow group. You know, the grow group sessions for the summer just ended, but they'll start again in September. Just say yes. Join a dream team. Figure out where you fit within this body of Christ and begin serving and making a difference in other people's lives. These are simple things you can say yes to now. They're not impossible. They may feel like it. They may feel overwhelming. They may feel like you've got all kinds of excuses. Well, I don't know people. I don't know what I'm good for. I don't know if I can make a difference. Just say yes. What about prayer? You can come next Sunday night for prayer. Some of you say, I don't know how to pray. Let go. Let go of what you understand and just come. Say yes. Say yes to what God has for you. And when you do, you'll find that there's blessing on the other side of your obedience. That, that, that's the invitation. It's always the invitation to say yes. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that we don't miss out on you, on what you have for us. Lord, as we're faced with the impossible, Lord, I pray that we would embrace it. Those moments that you offer us, Lord, may we acknowledge that, that it's impossible without you, but that with you, it can happen. Lord, may we just say yes. May our hope outweigh our questions. And Lord, may we discover the blessing that comes on the other side of obedience. That the, we wouldn't even consider the cost that the glory waiting on the other side of us would outweigh that. Help us embrace these moments that you have for us. As we continue to pray, I just want you to know that some of you, your moment is right now. 
your moment to say yes to Jesus is right now. See, God desires a full and robust relationship with you, a real relationship with you. And some of you, maybe you've tried a relationship with God and your prayers just seem to fall flat. And your relationship just seems to go nowhere. God wants a real relationship with you. He wants you to know him the way that he knows you. And you and I, unfortunately, because of our sin, our waywardness, the way we live our lives that is contrary to his best for us, his plan for us, that sin separates us from God. But God made a way for you and I to be restored to relationship with him. He did it through his son, Jesus. See, Jesus came and he lived a perfect and sinless life and he laid down his life and died on the cross for you and I to restore us to relationship with God. This is your moment. Just say yes. You don't have to understand it all. We don't need you to be perfect. We've got an invitation that says come as you are. You don't need to get it all figured out. We'll help you with that. We'll journey with you for that. We'll love you. We, we're, we're all in the place that you're in right now. Except we, It's like a hospital. We've just been here a little longer, so come on. Just come with us. And we'll celebrate that decision with you in a moment. If you're here today and you need to take that moment with God to say yes to Jesus, I'm gonna pray a prayer, and if you'd like to be counted on that, would you just kind of slip your hand up right now? Would you do that now and say yes to Jesus? Say yes. Slip your hand up. Church, let's pray together with those that are gonna say yes today. Nobody prays alone. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Forgive me, Jesus. Make me brand new and show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.